Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Amen. You guys, everybody's here. Everybody. Hello. Today. At least today. Where are you going tomorrow, John? San Antonio. Okay. Where are you going tomorrow, Bill? Up to the mountains. To the mountains. Yes. I'm going to the beach tomorrow. And you're going to the beach. David, David? where are you going tomorrow? (laughs) Tomorrow. (laughs) To the office. I'm (laughs) going to my brother-in-law's house to lay some floors. Oh, Look at you, David. David. I'm envious. I'm so envious. Uh It's going to be a good day. I hurt my back, so I don't have to do any of the floor work. I just am on the the saw. supervisor? Just just on the saw. And I like being on the saw. You feel powerful. You really... And people stay away from you. I mean, because yeah. it's so noisy. That's just, right. Yeah. They, well, actually, that's consistent with my life. It's just <laughs> so I like so to keep noisy. it. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from him. Well, we are continuing on in the Ephesians study, the Ephesians themes. I got and to hear you guys on Chapter 3. You did. Really? Yes. You I, didn't I listen, to no, I to, you listen to the podcast. I went on to Twitter. And, oh, and oh come on. What did you yeah. think? Come okay. on. Well, I loved it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, as good as you can do without yeah. me there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. Uh, <laughs> did we make fun of him? Oh. 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 We missed a shot. And, and yeah. he gave a nice... Uh, nod to your part of the country with fishing. Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. That's right. That well. was the oh, Northwest. How can uh, you not do well there? Gosh. Oh, it was so disheartening. My, my vision of what I was going to do and the actual what I did. Wow. Ooh, wow. It won't be the last time. No, no. You get another I'm going with back. That. I'm going back in September. Yeah. We're in chapter four. Chapter four. Ephesians four. This is pivot point time. Yes, yes it and is. And so, David, why don't you read the first uh, seven verses of Ephesians four? All right. I'm in the ESV here. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. You guys, let's talk about what. why is this the transition point mm-hmm. of Ephesians 1 to 3 and Ephesians 4 to 6? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, why don't you lead us off in that? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it last week uh, in getting ready for this week. Um, The first three chapters, Paul is in that mode of declarative truth. Now he's going to move into a theology of the practice of that truth. The reason this verse is so critical is because if we, again, do not get the essence of what he says is true about us, we will not make the proper application of how to live the life. We won't do it. And that's where so much confusion has happened, continues to happen. We'll do these next verses from the room of good intentions like the first three chapters never happened. Exactly. That's a good way to say it. And so as we do this, he says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The walk here is live, it's the essence of how you live your life. That's the walk. What's the essence of your life? Well, the essence of your life has to have its foundation in who God says you are. Therefore, when he says to walk in a manner worthy, he's saying walk 
out of who God says you are, that's worthy. It's not now. Right. Now get really, get serious about God. Get serious about your walk. Get serious about walking. Oh, I'm the man that wants to walk worthy. Excuse me. Good luck. That's mm-hmm. not reality. Reality, this hinge verse is reality. God has selected each of us in Christ to a profound purpose to which he has called us. That's what he's done. That's a huge, huge statement. I just want to say it from seven different angles because it's, it is a proof text for people in the room of good intentions. See, we, we're to walk worthy. And, and what we're saying here is walk worthy of this reality that we've just been talking about. Exactly. Of who you have been called. Nothing else is walking worthy. Nothing, no amount of your now trying to drum something up with these next verses is walking worthy. It is a life that flows out of the declarative truth in those first three chapters. Amen, John. And that, I just love that we're saying that. If we get nothing else out of today, that, 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 that insight that you gave Bill is profound. See, the, the, the counter in that is this reality. If I believe that it's my effort, my striving, that'll cause me to walk worthy, mm. I never get to the purpose of God. Okay. I can't get there. Because I'm preoccupied constantly with becoming something I already am. But if I can trust who God says I am, and then I will mature into his purpose. Now, that's where most Christians are living such fatalistic lives. They long time ago gave up on the fact that God might have a pers- purpose for them. Isn't that tragic? Yeah. I and mean, yet that's what he's teaching here. That's, that's the essence of this hinge but, verse. But they believe that's their purpose, is to walk worthy in, in every single day. And it minimizes the work of the cross and of the resurrection. Amen. Yeah, creating Amen. your own identity is actually, even, no matter how hard you work toward being the good that you think you're supposed to be to be worthy of the God that's supposed to have saved you, it's a humanistic effort. If you choose to not allow his new identity to be the source Mm. and instead say, I'm going to prove it, it's humanistic. Well, there's a lot of religion out there that happens to be very humanistic. Exactly. Exactly. As he goes on, it's interesting again because the way he writes, verses 1, 2, and 3 are all one sentence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're, they're They're one sentence. He's on a roll. And he's saying, if you get this... If you understand who you really are, then there are going to be some attributes coming out of you that are really important. Your humility will be an incredible indicator that you are, in fact, living out of who God says you are because you're trusting God and those with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll be the reality. And gentleness will be another indicator because yeah. you're not creating your own kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. If, if any of you out there have, have children... And you, and you watch cartoons, right now in your head, you just had a little song go through your head, go, attributes, attributes, <laughs> like number or what, color, smells, and something. So I'm just, that's just what happened that's in it. my head. That's because Peg Plus Cat on PBS, if you have kids under eight, you're not thinking about Ephesians right now. Just, <laughs> just a little call out to you. <laughs> and, and are the attributes humility and gentleness and... Uh, no, they don't talk uh, about that on Pink Plus Cat, but they've got a cat on there that's really funny. Okay. So I, I, All right. I suggest it. If you, you know, even if you have grandchildren out there, <laughs> Peg Plus Cat, you had to say it. 
So when he's talking about these attributes, um, he is hearkening back to the fact that God has given us a new DNA that is the source of this humility, this gentleness, this patience, this bearing with one another in love, which is that capstone that Jesus kept coming back to, right? Exactly. And when we don't live out of who God says we are, then the next verses get um, forfeited, right? We, right. We, we hurt the one body. We hurt the one spirit. We, we hurt that one calling and that one faith. We, we actually do damage to it if we don't remember who we are. It's almost like saying you can tell an environment that doesn't live out of who they've been called because there will be lack of unity. Yeah, that's right. There will be lack of gentleness. There will be lack of humility. It's still true that there's one body, but we're not getting to experience it. There you go. That's so well said, Bruce. What we can do then is we can declare we agree with the theology of verses 4, 5, and 6. We can do that. It's in the Bible. But what we can't do is we can't experience that reality Mm -hmm. if we don't for sure understand who God says we are. Again, he says, "For it's like bearing with each other in love. Now, that's a powerful phrase because it says, you know what? You and I are hard on each other. Yeah, We are, and we're Christians. No, no, no nice guy stuff. This is reality. How do I learn to allow you to be part of who I am? And how do you allow that to happen? And by the way, we'll promise you it'll be hard. But in love, it's possible. Isn't that beautiful? Just that's, that's the reality of it. It, it, it. We have this kind of utopian attitude that, oh, when we love each other, everything's going to be fine. It's when we love each other that what's going to happen is the reality of who we are and who, we, who God says we are is going to come to the surface. That's right. That's right. That's, that's the reality. Yeah. So when all that baggage comes to the surface and I'm striving really hard, let's say, as you were reflecting, John, in the room of good intentions, I don't have any base to bear with one another. I'm not going to experience it. I don't remember Ephesians 1 to 3, and therefore my temptation is to um, just get out of here. I'm, well, or I'm going to run. I or, can, if I can have enough downtime, I can present the appearance of these behaviors externally. There's another uh, and then, often And then I've got to go off by myself to think and judge about how I really see you. you <laughs> That's know. right. Yeah, I mean, that really uh, describes a lot of church. Oh, We're able to hold that together for a little bit and appear externally to be living these truths. Mm. Yeah, to be in a safe enough place where I can be me. Yeah. So many Christians live multiple appearances of life. That's right. Because at church, they are one way. In the marketplace, they're another way. In the family, they're another way. But the real hope for us is that I am who I am today in all of my relationships. And when I do something that you guys need to help me understand, that you will bear with me in love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's practice that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the the whole issue of reconciliation is, is prominent without the word being used in this passage 
because as Bill has just said, and, and John, you talk about managing this, yeah. the, the fact is, if you live from womb to tomb with a body of believers, there's going to be a lot of mess. There's going to be a lot of pain and suffering. And so when Paul says, bearing with one another in love, adding humility, gentleness, and patience, that's a, that's a long-term process. Amen. Um, if I take off, if I have options, for instance, and I, I have another church and then another church and I can, another faith community or another group of friends, I will never get mm. to experience this one body. Amen. Well, next week we're going to keep moving in these statements uh, that describe how we get to live based on the declarations of who God says we are. Amen. And I'll interrupt with something completely off topic. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Thanks, David. Another song. Be sure to show. Yeah. Yeah. Practice those lyrics. Thank you, guys.